0: Good morning, all. Welcome. Glad to see you. I'm glad to see you out here, but look at this choir. I I think I'm going to turn around and preach to the choir today. (laughs) Glad to see everybody here today. Happy Father's Day. We're happy for all of our fathers. We are blessed with good fathers, and and uh, and we are so grateful for each of you. So happy Father's Day. We hope that you'll have a very blessed and uh, and wonderful day today. Uh, we're glad that you're here today. Welcome to our guests. Uh, we welcome you, and and hope God's going to bless you and make you feel as much a part of our family as, as possible. And also, uh, I'd like to Mind every one of our attendance sheets on each row we 'd like to ask if you wouldn 't mind to take uh, take those and fill them out. Give us any information you feel like giving us. We would appreciate it and go ahead and take your phone and check in today at Community Baptist Church for our worship service and a few announcements that we have coming up first of all. Uh, blood Drive is Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, and um, so if you would like to donate uh, f- uh, blood for that, then you can set an appointment with JICA. If you would like to volunteer, you can do that with JICA as well. How are we looking there? Pretty good. Looking pretty good. Yeah. But we could always use some more, so thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, Kelsey, our youth and children are doing a fundraiser. You want to say something about that? So for the ten of us that are out here, um, we are we're back here um, next Sunday right after the worship service. The children and youth are having a tailgate fundraiser. Uh, so if everyone will please come. My awesome dad and Larry are going to be grilling and we always love when they do that. Um, We're going to do outside games so we're going to have a cornhole tournament Um, so if anyone has cornhole boards let me know because I have one set. And then it's $5 per team um, and then any other donations would be greatly appreciated. Oh, and if you would like to bring a dessert, I would love that as well. Yes, Mother. It is not an auction um, but if you want to provide a dessert for everyone to share, that would be awesome. Great. Thank you so much. That's uh, the twenty. Is that next week? This next week, isn't it? Next week. So yeah, thank you. Uh, a couple of other things we have uh, have coming up. Are we're going to be in charge of Salvation Army serving lunch at Ch- Salvation Army on the twenty ninth. How we? Uh, there, there she is I can't find her they moved they moved her
1: I understand our
0: youth are going to be helping with that and and so that that's good but because there's also another we have another activity going on that same day our upperclassmen group will be making a, uh, a tour of various places one of the things that we've seen is some artwork of, of a, a man who was a German POW down in um, Breckenridge and he was he was a tremendous artist, and he he left some of his work down there. And he's also after the war, World War Two, he stayed here in the United States in Indiana, and uh, and did a lot of sculptures. And so we're going to kind of take a tour around and see some of his sculptures on that day. And that's June 29th. We'll be leaving here at eight o'clock in the morning. I know that's early, uh, but we have to remember that there we're going to be in Eastern time zone, so we're we're uh, uh, um, getting an extra hour there, um, so but we'll leave there. We'll have lunch together and ver- and go to about three or four different places to see some of these sculptures uh, that this tremendously talented artist um, uh, um, sculpted and, and created. So uh, put that on your calendar and uh, and we'll have a great time together. Uh, let's let me invite you now. Let's stand up. Oh. Yes, we, Yes, that's right. Our, we will be recognizing our, our seniors and, and awarding our, our scholarships for our, our seniors uh, next Sunday. So, thank you, Pam. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of Christ. We give thanks, Creator God, Father of all that is, for the fathers in our lives. Fatherhood does not come with a manual, and reality teaches us that some fathers excel while others do not. And we ask for your blessings for all of them, and forgiveness where it is needed. This Father's Day, we remember the many sacrifices that fathers make for their children and families and the the ways, both big and small, that they lift their children to achieve dreams that they may have thought were beyond their reach. And we also remember all those who have helped to fill the void when fathers have met an early death or are absent. We are grateful for those grandfathers and uncles, brothers and cousins, teachers and pastors, coaches and friends, and the women of our families. For those who are fathers, we ask for wisdom and humility in the face of the task of parenting. Give them the strength to do well by their children and also to do well by you. We pray that our Heavenly Father will bless all of our earthly fathers today and every day. For their influence as teachers and as role models, we give you thanks. Amen. Amen.
1: Dear God, our eternal heavenly father, parent, mother, guider, defender, thank you for sending your son to teach us how to be the best parents that we can be, whether we have our own children or care for others, to always love, to always forgive. Please accept our tithes, our offerings, our bodies, our thoughts, our hearts today as we honor the fathers of this world and the fathers who have gone on to your world. Accept these and accept our love. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: Our scripture this morning is John 16, 12 through 15. Please follow along. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own, but will speak whatever He hears. And He de- will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it for you. All that the the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said... That he will take what is mine and declare it for you. And I look forward to Dr. D- Hobbs uh, explaining what this means. <laughs> this is the word of the Lord. <laughs>
0: so much, Choir. What a beautiful song. Robert Lewis wrote a book titled, Real Family Values. And in this book, he tells about a remarkable, heartwarming discovery that some workers at the Baseball Hall of Fame made some time back. It, it seems that they were doing some renovations on the building and the displays there at the Baseball Hall of Fame. And as they moved one of the displays out of the way, <clears throat> they found a, a photograph that had been hidden in a crevice underneath the display case. And the, the man in the picture had a bat resting on his shoulders. And he was wearing a uniform with the words Sinclair Oil. On the chest of the uniform. His face was gentle and friendly. And stapled to the picture, there was a note, and it was written by an adoring fan. The note read like this You were never too tired to play ball. On your days off, you helped to build and to maintain the little league field. You always came to watch me play. You were a Hall of Fame dad. I wish I could share this moment with you. Your son, Pete. Cool. Pretty cool. A son named Pete found a creative way of putting his dad into the baseball Hall of Fame. Well, today I want us to talk a little bit about what it takes to be a Hall of Fame dad, or for that matter, a Hall of Fame mom, or aunt, or uncle, or grandparent, or family friend. And 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 I know that if you look at the church liturgical calendar for today, you will see that today is Trinity Sunday. And I am certain that all of you came to worship this morning just yearning for a deep theological treatise on the meaning of the Trinity, right? (laughs) Apparently Tim did. (laughs) And and the passage that Tim read just a few moments ago is the lectionary text for today, for Trinity Sunday. And Tim, I'm sorry, but I don't know what it means either. (laughs) But, but I think that the, the, the one thing that the doctrine of the Trinity does tell us, among other things, is that the first Hall of Fame, God, Hall of Fame dad was God. I mean, after all, the, the first two persons of the Trinity in traditional religious language are the Father and the Son. And by the way, I know that God is spirit and is neither male nor female. And, and the reason that we often refer to God as He, as a, as a male, is because of the very patriarchal tradition that birthed our faith and that brought us to where we are today. But sometimes God is more like a mother than a father. And sometimes God is more like a father than a mother. The fact is that we cannot define God as male or female because the very definition of define is to limit, to put limits on something, and God is limitless. So you see, you did get that deep theological treatise on the Trinity today, didn't you? But today we want to salute our fathers. Dad, we love you. And I would say that the role of a Christian father today is more important than it ever has been before. The fact is that the, the role of being a dad is different today than it was in my day when, when my children were younger and, and coming up. and it's, It was different for me than it was for my father. You see, the, the role of being a dad is forever changing and evolving and, and hopefully improving with every generation. In my father's generation, the dad's main role in a household was to make a living, to bring home the money, to provide a roof over his family's heads and food on on their table and, and, uh, and, and maybe a few luxuries if you were lucky. And I'm grateful to have had a, a father who worked hard to do just that. But in today's world, most families either require two incomes to make a go of it, or both father and mother choose to work outside of the home to fi- and find great fulfillment in it. And so dads are called on to play a more nurturing role in caring for his children and doing things around the house and and many are doing an admirable job at that but think of this think of this the most common image that Jesus used in describing God was the image of Father now I hope I'm not reading too much into this But the fact that Jesus refers to God most often as Father makes me believe that Joseph must have been a pretty good dad. We pay a lot of attention to to Jesus' mother, Mary. But surely Joseph combined those very special qualities of strength and gentleness that we associate with Jesus. I I just kind of have a feeling that that apple didn't fall very far from the tree. Let's think about Jesus. I mean, when he he went to the temple when he was 12 years old, he spoke with the, the teachers there, and they were amazed at how much he knew when he was 12 years old. He had a very keen knowledge of the Hebrew Scriptures. And typically typically in the Jewish home, it was the father who was responsible for his son's religious instruction. And I know that Jesus had a unique relationship with his heavenly father. Yet still, I have to believe that Joseph was probably a huge influence on Jesus' life. I mean, why else would Jesus have chosen the imagery of Father to portray God? And why would He have taught us to address God as Abba, Daddy, when we pray? My guess is that Jesus had a wonderful relationship with both His earthly Father and His heavenly Father. Now, someone is going to say, well, Joseph was not his real father. Well, as far as I'm concerned, there are a lot of dads out there who may not be biological dads who function more as a real dad than many biological dads do. And so today, we we honor all men who put in the time and the love and the instruction and the modeling to be a dad, regardless of whether you are related by blood or not. And the same goes for women. Some, some of the greatest moms in the world are, are not biologically or directly related to their children that they, they, that they love or, and influence. Some may be grandmothers or aunts or stepmothers and, or whatever. And so we've asked the question today, on Father's Day... What does it take to be a Hall of Fame father? Well, I want to begin with the most difficult quality of a Hall of Fame dad. And that is time. Time. Years ago, Charlie Shedd had a... Uh, a contest called "One Neat Dad." <laughs> what he did, he's, he asked contestants to send in letters recommending their father for this honor of "One Neat Dad," and, and the number one quality that that young people put at the top of their list about the things that they appreciated about their dad was he takes time for me. Interesting, huh? Other qualities which these young people appreciated were he listens to me. He plays with me. He invites me to go places with him. He lets me help him. And here's a biggie. He treats my mother well. He lets me say what I think. He's nice to my friends. He only punishes me when I deserve it. And number ten, he's not afraid to admit when he's wrong. So how'd you do on this pop quiz? Pop, <laughs> especially that first one. Time, Doctor C- <clears throat> Doctor Seymour Diamond did some research on family problems, and he came up with some conclusions that may provide a glimpse into the problem that in many homes today. He claims that the average American father gives undivided attention to his children. Only 38 seconds a day. 38 seconds. That's scary. He does give them partial attention for another 20 minutes while he's watching TV or working on a project or something like that. But 38 seconds today. And folks, that's a problem for both our sons and our daughters. But perhaps more so for our sons. A lot of people believe that there's a, there's a lot of confusion among young men today about what it means to actually be a man. In his book titled Healing the Masculine Soul, Gordon Dalby suggests that too many young men today grow up in a masculine vacuum. They grow up with fathers who are non-nurturing or uncommunicative or absent most of the time. And and this leaves them in a literal no-man's-land of confusion about how to appropriately express their maleness. (laughs) Children need role models, both male and female. And that requires a sacrifice of time. So that's the first quality of a Hall of Fame dad. He makes time for his children. Here's the second. A Hall of Fame dad makes certain that his children know the difference between right and wrong. Folks, you know me. I am not a prude. I am no prude, but I will not fall into the camp of those who, who make the claim that there are no absolute values in the world. And I bet I'll bet that those who do claim that there are no absolute values will change their mind if somebody steals a car or bullies their one of their children or scams them out of their life savings. Anyone who experiences something like that will very quickly feel that something sacred has been violated and they would be right. Tim, notice what it says here in our scripture for today. I did get back to it. Jesus is talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit that is to come to them. And he says, I still have a lot more to say to you, more than you can bear right now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, the Spirit will guide you into all truth. Don't you think that is a primary qualification for a Hall of Fame dad? He leads his children into truth. But what does that mean? And. and, and and what, if a, what if, a, if a dad is confused about what is true and what's not true? Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, isn't it? Especially today when there's so much false information out there. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. What is true? What isn't true? kind of depends on who you're talking to. My friend, in today's world, it is especially important that we bring up our children as people of Character. People of honor. People who know the difference between right and wrong. And people who tell the truth. And it is up to us as parents to do that. And to model that. Because folks, we are not going to good, get good role models for upstanding behavior out of Hollywood or Washington. And if they don't see models of character and morality in their own homes, then... Heaven help them. There was an interesting story on 60 Minutes a few years ago. It seems that the park rangers at a South African wildlife reserve were concerned about the slaughter of 39 rare white rhinos. 39 rare white rhinos were slaughtered in their park. Well, it turned out that these rhinos were not killed by poachers. Instead, they were killed by a gang of juvenile delinquents. Teenaged elephants. The story began about ten years before when the park couldn't sustain the growing population of elephants in the park. They were, but there were getting to be too many elephants in the park for them to sustain the population. So they decided to get rid of a lot of the adult elephants whose young were old enough to survive without them. And so what happened was that a lot of these young elephants grew up without fathers. Well, as time went on, some of these young elephants began to roam together in gangs and began to do things that elephants don't normally do. They began picking on the rhinos. They would throw sticks at them. And for an elephant, a stick is a log. They would... They would get their trunks full of water and blow it at the rhinos and just kind of harass the rhinos and 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 and, uh, and just act like bullies. And without a dominant male, the, these young bulls became sexually active and these young bulls uh, produced excessive testosterone and exhibited aggressive behavior. And a few of them became especially violent, knocking down the rhinos and stepping on them and kneeling on them and gording them with their tusks and crushing the life out of them. One elephant named Mafuto, who was the gang leader, eventually had to be put down. And so the rangers had to get a handle on this, and they racked their brains trying to figure out why these elephants were behaving so badly, and they finally realized that these young teenage elephants were acting so badly because they didn't have an appropriate male role models. And so the solution was to bring in a large male elephant to lead them and to, to counteract their bullying behaviors and sure enough, soon the new male established his dominance and put the y- other young bulls in their places, and the killing stopped. The young males were mentored and saved. Does that sound familiar to you? Do human gangs ever display this kind of behavior? And and please don't blame their moms. Single moms have a hard enough time without being made to feel guilty about their situation, which may not even be anything that they can help. But folks, if we ever needed Christian dads who are willing to take time for their children and to help help our boys and our girls to understand the difference between right and wrong, it is now. So take the time, teach right from wrong, and finally, a hall of fame dad will show their children how much they love them. I love to see a young father who is able to express his love physically to his children. It uh, it, it just does something. Uh, we were at the blues festival last night, and <laughs> there was a dad in front of us that would stand up and dance with his daughter you know, time after time which was wonderful except for the fact that he was standing right in front of me <laughs> and he was tall <laughs> but it was wonderful I love to see that That hasn't always been the case fathers in, in our parents and grandparents' generations were often not able to express their love to their children at least not in that way Comedian Ray Romano, who, who who starred for many years in the sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond, was asked if his parents were funny or not, and and he said that his mother was very creative, but his father was kind of eccentric. He said that he said that Ray's father loved him, but he didn't express that love very easily. Ray said, "If my father had hugged me once, I would be an accountant. I wouldn't need to do comedy." and I'm sure that these fathers of earlier generations loved their children and they just expressed that love in different ways baseball hall of famer Hank Aaron talks about that about the ways that his father expressed love to him when he was a boy he learned a powerful lesson about love and sacrifice from his father not because his father was overtly expressive in his love but, but every day Hank's father would give him a quarter to buy his lunch at school but here's the thing Hank knew that his father skipped lunch every day so that Hank could have that quarter for his own lunch and so if he ever doubted his father's love for him that quarter reminded him of how far his father would go to provide for him My friends, there are many ways a father can communicate his love for his children. And I hope that those of you who are fathers are exploring as many of those ways as you can. And I I wish we could put up a Hall of Fame here at Community Baptist Church. You know, we could have a, dedicate a room to it and put up a hall of fame for fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers and aunts and uncles and foster parents and step-parents and for all of those adults, young and old, who are involved in having positive influences on our young people's lives. And maybe we don't have room for that. Cause you see, I've seen it time and time again right here at little old Community Baptist Church. But let me say this. We may not have a Hall of Fame listing your names and your pictures and your credentials. But folks, I know that your name is listed in the Book of Life. So can we count on you to be a Hall of Fame dad or Hall of Fame mom by giving your time? By teaching your children the difference between right and wrong? By showing them the love of Jesus Christ who showed us how much His Father loves Him and how much His Father loves us. Thank you for being the role model that you are. Your legacy can be found in the next generation. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn. I have decided to follow Jesus. And let us make that the mantra of fatherhood that we follow Jesus. And doing what is right with our children. is from everlasting to everlasting, from generation to generation. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so God has compassion on those who love God, who listen to God's voice, and who who do God's will. So go in the knowledge that the everlasting love of God goes with you always and forever.